Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Wednesday evening where we are set to take up this uh, topic once again of uh, finding Christ and cinema finding Christ in the movies that we watch. And as it is Wednesday evening, I do have Father Mike Ritter in studio with me. So Father Mike, great to have you with me another evening. Thank you, Joe. It's great to be here. So Father Mike, this is the uh, second superhero movie that we have taken up now. Of course, some weeks ago we talked about The Incredibles and we got a lot of positive feedback from that. So here we are set to talk about the Black Panther as promised, this box office hit. So certainly a discussion I am looking forward to. Yeah, you know, I, we were talking about this. I can't believe this is only the second hero movie we've done. I mean, this is so uh, big in the culture. We At least I grew up with this. You grew up with all of this superhero stuff. I mean, you're practically a superhero yourself. <laughs> okay, all right. So I can't believe that this is it, only it, the... It only took us, what, about 90 seconds, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, that, that. so it's good for us to pick up again on this uh, very significant part of... Uh, film and drama for the culture. Yeah, absolutely, Father Mike. And one of the things we were talking about in our discussion on The Incredibles was how all of the superhero movies, and I think why they are so popular, taps into that deeply human innate sense to do something great. Every superhero character has that hybrid quality, right, of doing supernatural things. They they just don't belong to the world, but at the same time, they do great things for the world because of their supernatural strength. You know, Father Mike, I think we, as created in the image and likeness of God, have that deep, innate sense to do something great. We, too, are called to live a, a hybrid lifestyle, if you will, where we not only live in the world, in the natural realm, but at the same time, tap into the supernatural strength we have been given uh, by God's grace. So what we see, again, on the movie screen in these hybrid characters play out, very much tap into what is going on in our own lives and our own vocation. You know, it's interesting, and I've thought about this theme since we did The Incredibles 2 and, you know, super superhero strength and whatnot, and it does occur to me there there is something innate about our desire for power. Mm. And what I mean by that is I think we become consciously or unconsciously aware that we're very powerless. You know, mm-hmm. somebody gets sick and there's nothing you can do. You stand outside some terrible uh, natural event and we... To be human is to be terribly weak and, mm-hmm. and, and and aware of our powerlessness. Yeah. So it does speak to this need to somehow uh, to have power in the positive sense, mm-hmm. uh, where you have uh, villains and whatnot. Is uh, you know that comes out in the drama itself. There's a real awareness that power, while it's a good thing and a necessary thing, can very easily be uh, terribly distorted. Yeah, so you just m- mentioned the word villain, mm-hmm. and this has been a point of reflection for me oh, over the past two, three weeks, and I'm going to be honest with you and, and all of our listening audience that this just isn't because I- I've just watched The Black Panther, but also because I sat down and watched a little bit of The Masters, and I never, I never watch golf. It's, it's a oh, pretty love... boring sport oh, to oh, watch. Oh, well, we won't go there. <laughs> but, you know, as I was watching The Masters, there was this commentary to the winner of The Masters, Patrick Reed, and, and how he has become this villain, and they were giving this background to, 
to Patrick Reed. And then I really got to thinking, why are we so drawn to the villain? LeBron James, arguably the greatest player to uh, be playing basketball today, um, has been made out to be a villain. And yet this is, for the most part, a good man. He's done Mm -hmm. a lot of extraordinary things for his home community. My wife, Jackie, is from there. And I read about it a lot, and, and I, I've asked myself the question, even with him, why have we made out this good man to be a villain? Patrick Reed, getting to know his story a little bit, okay, maybe he hasn't made the best decisions, but is he a villain? Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. And, and, and why must we, you know, Father Mike, cast these figures as villains? What's going on there? That's been the, a point of question for me. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I uh, certainly in the... Um... I could look at that two ways, you know, certainly in, in the hero drama, there is that kind of uh, ingrained sense of struggling for what's good against some force for evil. So you have your really explicit villains. And I and I get that, uh, how important it is to see somebody heroically and combating evil. I get that. Um, it, it is interesting, especially with these athletes, these generally good people, famous, successful people. I Somebody was talking the other day, I don't know who or where, but he was saying, you know, it's very easy for us to reach out with empathy and with compassion when somebody's hurting. Like, that touches a great place in us. It brings out the heroic in us. He says, it's very hard to celebrate with your neighbor when they win the lottery. Mm-hmm. says, you know, you go like, oh, good good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but it's not that... Not so much. <laughs> yeah, it's not that same wholehearted investment in the person. Mm. Uh, we have a hard time looking and, and celebrating the successes of the others because uh, something in us, uh, we're, we're comparing our own value and our own uh, situation in life in terms of how I'm doing related to the others. Yeah. And so I think it's easy. Uh, it's not, a, it's not a, a leap to kind of demonize those who are doing well or to find reasons why their being successful doesn't make them better than I am. Yeah. Because look at what they do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Does not Von Balthasar say one of the most beautiful expressions of humility is to find the joy in other people's joy, even when they are most successful. And this is hard. Yeah, it's very difficult. So it doesn't surprise me that people punch holes in successful people to find a reason to believe just because they're doing better doesn't mean they are better. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of villains, Father Mike, we have two villains in the Black Panther. And initially, we are led to believe that one Ulysses Claw was the lead villain, the lead antagonist He's still in this vibranium. Vibranium is this indestructible element that comes from the magical kingdom of Wakanda, and he's selling it on the black market. And as he is, we are introduced to what appears to be a sidekick that we don't know much about, Eric Killmonger, right? And in one particular scene, as they're getting in the plane to to take off and sell this vibranium on the black market, Najaka takes him out. And we are then introduced to who this black man really is, a man that ultimately is a relative of the Black Panther, a cousin of the Black Panther. In point of fact, in a very important moment in the movie, it was the father of the Black Panther who actually killed Najaka's father. And so here again, Father Mike, we have this very poignant scene in a superhero movie where out from the loss of a loved one, out from the death of a father, emerges this avengeful heart. This is something we see in the DC Marvel brand, We see it in Batman, Spider-Man. I mean, the Avengers, right? The Avengers, they're they're, they're avenging something. And so the the battle between good and evil comes from what? But the death of a loved one. And Najaka, for over 30 years, we come to find out, 
has prepared himself for one particular moment, and that is when he battles the Black Panther. Why? Because his father killed him, and he wanted to claim the throne that he felt was rightfully taken from him. And this was an important moment for me because, as you know, Father Mike, I lost my father at a young age, and I was made to ask the question in this movie, um, gosh, was I resentful against God because I didn't get to have my dad in just not my formative years, but in my young adult, adult years. And so as I left this movie, I was certainly made to reflect upon uh, the wound, and if, in fact, my wound had been healed, and certainly it has, and I praise God for that. But again, something not to overlook, because in the end, when you look at it closely, (laughs) what drives the good and evil? Typically, the death of a loved one. You know what's interesting? I was doing some reading on innocence, and I discovered that the root of that word, I'm not sure if it's Latin, but to to be innocent is really literally to be unwounded. Mm. And I thought Mm. that was such an interesting... uh, I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah, but ah. the, the innocent, a baby is innocent because it hasn't been hurt yet. Mm. So innocence is not that I'm not guilty, it's that I'm not wounded, that somehow um, I can't help think of, of going back to um, a movie we touched on months ago now, The uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, we just, I just watched that again with my brother, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I watched that the other day, too, with a couple of the seminarians. Ah. And, and it, it is that logic that the original wound, the, the original fracture of the soul results in multiple acts of violence. And so mm. this, uh, you know, you're speaking to the wound of the loss of a loved one, setting one off on an avenging path. Um, I just think that's, uh, you know, so so accurate. Yeah. All, right, all of that being said, Father Mike, in our kind of pregame discussion, we were talking about certainly how this movie touches upon some political issues. Oh, very uh, there, much There's so. some uh, clear politicking going on. There's some religious symbolism for sure, uh, but there there is some clear politicking going on. In very dramatic fashion, I would say. I mean, even the name, the Black Panther, and yeah, we have yeah. that political movement, uh, what I guess in the six, late 60s. But even now that with uh, Black Lives Matter and whatnot, that, that this is these racial tensions and whatnot, I mean, it's just so much at the heart of our political uh, discourse right now, uh, emotionally and, and, and otherwise, uh, policy. And, you know, one might uh, at first glance say, oh, here we go, you know, Hollywood's getting in the mix of it. But I would suggest to you that this is, in a way, exactly what the, the arts, for lack of a better word, are supposed to do. You know, like uh, the epic tales, drama, our stories are meant to engage the, poli- the uh, politics, engage the culture, and to try to, to communicate through the story values. I mean, uh, th- this is an ancient human thing. Yeah, and we say, well, I want to go to the movies to escape reality. But what have we talked about as it relates to Von Balthasar? You never really escape reality. And, right? and, I, would, and I would suggest to you that, that that kind of like escapism is not the nope. philosophy nope. of drama at all. No. We, we don't go to, to movies to escape. I mean, if you want to do that, go to the beach. Yeah. You yeah. know, that uh, I think that, that using the art and, and as, an, as a medium for expression of truth, the myth, Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and this is straight back in, in the center of the ancient world that the myth teaches, and it speaks, and it and it reveals the values of a culture, and in a sense, it it plays out the challenge between values uh, for all of us to to ponder and respond to. You know, we're in Easter, and I, I was sharing with you in the pregame. I, I came across an interesting commentary on Easter by uh, Robert Barron, the bishop, mm-hmm. and he uh, he he was sh- sharing that. 
Easter really takes the myth of the world and turns it on its head. Mm. At what is the myth of the world? Um, he suggests that it's simply this: that um, an act of, of, of violence can only be uh, like overcome by a greater act of violence. You know, so you have the uh, the strong villain and the stronger superhero that the the, the evil one wants to conquer the world uh, through this terrible war. But the heroes come in with greater troops, greater forces, greater powers, and through a greater act of violence, puts the violent one down. Mm-hmm. You know, and and this is just uh, on our wavelength. You know, it's it's how we you know the this, the uh, Jesus himself tells a story about this about the strong man mm-hmm. and then the stronger man coming. You know, yeah. it's just this is just in our DNA. And he says, really, the great challenge of Easter is to discover that Jesus does not conquer the world or evil in the world by a, an act of violence or power that is greater than the world's own. Mm-hmm. Uh, he overcomes it by, by uh, you use the great word, absorbing it yeah. and giving yeah. it back his peace. Mm-hmm. We do see this logic playing out in the story. Oh, yeah. Big yeah. time. Yeah. In every super movie uh, yeah. story. Yeah. Um, so there is that valiant, noble, uh, virtue-based struggle, good versus evil. Uh, but but there is, I think, that still in need of of healing, still in need of resurrection myth. Mm-hmm. That is, um, our problems are going to be overcome by a greater display of power. Uh, I think that the truth, though, is that perpetuates the division. And something else to be present to as you're talking there is as we talk about how Jesus absorbs the violence. When did he absorb the violence? But on Good Friday. You know, the, the most horrific day in human history turned into a good. And I bring this up because certainly the, the movie Black Panther highlights the good, highlights the good and the call to do good. If, if this superhero movie is unique, it's not unique in the sense that good was done, right? But moreover, the message of the call to do good. Now, to some extent, Father Mike, you know, uh, we use the phrase politicking, there was politicking go- going on. And unfortunately, what has happened today is that we don't look at the good as something intrinsic to God himself as much as now, oh, this call we have to do because, well, it's just the right thing to do, and we don't know why it's the right thing to do it, but we're going to do it anyways. And so when we see a message to do a good thing, we applaud and say, good job. But as I say that, something we have to be present to, Father Mike, is that Really, this isn't so much about politics, per se, in as much as it is an attribute that rightfully belongs to God, right? We, we so often talk about the transcendentals, uh, truth, beauty, and goodness. Well, as we can put those in many different contexts, and Bishop Barron puts them in the context of evangelization all the time, we just have to appreciate good for what it is. And sometimes, when you bring in politics, the good gets confused, and it's just so unfortunate. I fear, Father Mike, that today... We call ourselves Republican, Democratic, or Independent before we call ourselves Catholic or Christian. So what I mean by that is we don't engage our conversations out from our very real relationship with Jesus Christ, but our opinions that have been formed because we are either Republican, Democrat, or Independent. It's folly thinking because it does not allow us to see a thing for what it is, and maybe better said, a good for what it is. And of course, in the case of Black Panther, the good of sharing one's resources when others have less. When we, I think, particularly in the United States, when we hear the word politics, 
we think of Republican, Democrat, White House, Congress, <laughs> you know, like the, the, this very narrow setting uh, for which we have a great deal of disgust. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But really, the political, I mean, you go all the way back to, to the Greeks and whatnot, has to do with the common good and, and society and relationship as, a, as society. And we're talking about the, the highest, for the ancient world, for the Greeks, the highest oh, yeah. moral virtue, really. Oh, yeah. Politics. Yeah. yeah. And that really is the, the, the context where, where you see the overlap between what is religious and what is political. We're not talking about state or church and state. We're talking about the good as related to our life together. Yeah, one of the real things that I think gets in the way of just general goodness is that we are so busy focused on possessing and buying and consuming that we are not open to other and seeing that, yeah, there are people around me who need what I already have. And here I am just possessing more of what I don't need. We need to see the importance of opening ourselves up to others. <clears throat> Excuse me, in the case of Black Panther, certainly we see this in T'Challa's ex-girlfriend challenging him once he became king to, to share the wealth of Wakanda, to share this vibranium, to help those who are more in need. To take a step back on that social teaching of the church, that the universal destination of goods. Yeah. Like that's at the heart of our belief, you know, yeah, that these yeah. acts of that uh, uh, vibranium is meant for all, yeah, you know, and yeah. that the good is that uh, what is meant for all actually reach all. Uh, but, but to make this more um, fundamental, the, the first biblical witness about the world, I mean, we speak of the good and transcendental, we could speak of the moral good, uh, uh, but but the first biblical witness about the world is the world itself is good. Mm, mm. Um, Henry Nouwen, the great uh, priest, psychologist, makes the observation. He says that uh, all violence is kind of rooted in fear. You know, fear that my neighbor is not good will not be good to me. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I he's become a danger or a threat. Uh, th there's a distortion of the original blessing, the goodness of the world. And now I have to, and, and we see this to a sense play out this, Hidden land is uh, hidden yeah. because because it's it ain't going to be good if if people know we're here. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. that this is the kind of uh, original wound. I don't believe in in your goodness anymore, and you you don't believe in mine. And uh, uh, evil, it, you know, violence or any other form of it, really uh, emerges as this fundamental doubt about uh, my neighbor being good, it being good to be with my neighbor. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think uh, somebody gave me the image. Now, I don't know where I got this about a uh, fish, a school of fish. I mean, literally fish in a classroom, you know, that they're underwater and the, the, the fish teacher comes in and says, I want to teach you about water. But they're like, well, they have no concept, you know, they're totally immersed in it. So she shows them pictures of waterfalls and lakes and rain and everything else. But at some point, um, the teacher says, look, just put all the drawings away and you just have to soak in the water. Mm. Mm. And I think that to speak of the good, we can yeah. talk philosophy and we can talk all of these things, but one of the things that we have forgotten is um, that first biblical witness. It's good, it's good, it's very good. Yeah. Then yeah. sometimes, if we are going to be healers and if we're going to be heroes, we have to uh, soak, particularly as Christian people, we have to soak in that water, mm. uh, our life inside God, and learn to, to hear the voice which speaks to us about our being good mm. so that we can look at our neighbor uh, even with our uh, difficult pasts, and say, you too, are, you are good. Yeah, something we have to realize as we're talking about goodness and, and being affirmed is goodness is something that belongs to God, right? So when we do a good thing, it is a sharing in God's own goodness. 
every good act we do is but a sharing in God's own goodness. St. Thomas Aquinas says, every charitable act is but God crowning his own gift. So in other words, St. Thomas Aquinas is saying, every good act is God acting, God acting inside of us, the Holy Spirit acting inside of us in such a way that it gives glory back to God. And this is why, you know, earlier, Father Mike, I was emphasizing the importance of talking about goodness in relationship to God, just not some external thing that we do because our political affiliation suggests that we should do it. It's so much more than that. It's dynamic. It's life-giving. It's just not, I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to encounter you. I'm going to share my life with you. I'm just not going to give you a thing but myself over to you. That's what this is about. Right. And you know, I'm always trying to bring this back to our uh, world stage, Hans Urs von Balthasar. Of course, of course. I was reading a, a number of, of reviews, and there was an African-American gentleman who was who was writing about this. And obviously, this speaks to uh, the concerns of the Black Lives Matter, the, the, the black political history in our, in our country. And it, it speaks to all of that so poignantly and, and well, I think. And he made the comment that the cast is largely African-American cast, which is, which is to some degree unusual. You know, and he made the comment. He says, "You know, uh, if you're if you're European, if you're Caucasian, then you're used to this. You're used to seeing yourself, at least on racial uh, terms, ethnic terms, played out, and seeing your your life, your culture interpreted in any number of ways, in any number of characters. But it's not often that where a movie comes along which offers the the same to uh, to a cultural group that doesn't always get that same level of interpretation. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I thought that was striking, and he was right. Uh, I wouldn't have necessarily caught that." Um, but but it does speak to the need that we have to see ourselves and all of our particularity uh, interpreted on the stage. Mm-hmm. I thought that that really brought the uh, the point of our of our program home, and and it was a uh, I was I like high fived myself. I was like, yeah, that's that's what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and we need that as we take time to watch these movies and to see our own personalities play out on stage. It is an opportunity to reflect critically on sometimes how silly it is and other times how serious it is. There's that tension, right? And we can do that in a very safe place, in the movie theater, on our couch, right? It was interesting, just this whole culture and seeing ourselves. I was in Mexico City for a couple of months some years ago now, and I made uh, some friends with people who were a couple of Mexican guys that were from um, the Distrito Federal. And we went to the movies and whatnot, and all the American movies go down there. And uh, we watched it, and it was a great, it was a, some war, save the world movie. And when it was all over, I was like, all right, that was another good one. And the guy next to me says, here's another movie where the Americans save the world. Ah. Uh, and it was interesting. Uh, 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 you know, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting that uh, uh, that just really opened up something for me. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And, uh, and I think it speaks to what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the more I read up on this movie, Father Mike, the more... I came to appreciate why this movie was so important to the African-American community. It's a community that has been persecuted, a community that suffered, and this is the community, firstly, that saves the world, and secondly, it's a community that is portrayed as having a hidden richness, and it certainly does. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So it really does, um, it is an exposition of the richness of the culture, the reality of uh, what they've been through, and then... uh, to, to show the heroism of mm-hmm. that, that uh, heritage and, and that experience, I think, is, is uh, a home run in terms of what this movie attempts. And attempts in the superhero context, right? So it has all of the cinematography 
It has all of the beautiful pictures. It has all of the colors. But all of that is to draw you in to a much deeper truth. And for me, when I left, really, Father Mike, it was, again, about the good. Certainly that relational dynamic that we saw in this movie, but also the good. that We don't do a good for the sake of a political party, but we do a good for the sake of our brother, for the sake of our sister, and we do it for the glory of God. A good point to come back to as we wrap up here is that we have to take politics in the larger, uh, more ancient sense and not, not be confined to a narrow view of politics, which is Republican, Democrat, uh, Trump, Black Lives Matter. It's, that's too narrow a view uh, in terms of the truth of what politics uh, involves and what it uh, has meant historically and now. We're talking about the good and our life together. If we are ever going to understand, Father Mike, how to best just not interpret but approach the, the Democrat, the Republican, uh, Trump, Black Lives Matter, all of that, what we need to be present to is the rich history, as you were speaking to it earlier, of what politics is all about, mm-hmm. which in the end, oh, by the way, is the moral good. Yeah, life is the, together. Is yeah. the moral good. And oh, yes, it always involved a dialogue, mm-hmm. just not... Uh, I have something to say, so hear me, and then you have something to say, so this you know endless back and forth, but a very real dialogue where you're actually moving towards something. You're moving towards a good. And we need that so bad right now. So yeah. even if it comes in the form of a movie, but uh, we're dialoguing in drama, yeah. and I think that that's always a good thing. Yeah, amen, amen. Well, Father Mike, as we were talking about before we came on air, uh, I have received several requests for several movies um, I just haven't made the executive decision, and I, I guess to some degree I should probably give you a voice, speaking of voice, to actually choose a movie, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> I should just forward these emails to you. Anyhow, uh, I haven't chosen a movie. I think it has been very beneficial to uh, talk about movies that are in the movie theater for sure. Yeah. I'll make the announcement next week, I think, on Monday and Tuesday, what movie we will do. So if you're listening, uh, let us know what movies you want to watch. I'm tired of Joe making all of the decisions for us all. (laughs) I am only responding to (laughs) the people's request, right? Isn't that what a good politician does? (laughs) Let's dethrone him. Let's (laughs) get a good recommendation. Okay. All right, let us close with a word of prayer. Father Mike, can you do that, please? We give you thanks, Father, for... uh, the dramas uh, in our lives and, and of our lives and the dramas and by which we uh, reflect on our call. And we ask you to continue to uh, make yourself the deepest part of all of that. We make this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.